Hey, this is Rob. Hey, this is Dan. You're listening to Remote with Rob and Dan. This is part two of the two-part episodes, uh, our top creative influences. Um, so let's uh, dive back into the conversation. Diving in. That was my. <laughs> I didn't have to help with any of that or say anything, so I just thought I'd say diving in. I'm going to take that and put it on both. I'm going to put it on the Good. first one and the second one. Uh, you were talking about the Decemberists and they write these uh, crazy stories into their songs and everything. And um, one of my influences that's on my list um, was uh, Daniel Johns from oh, yeah. Silverchair. And yeah, that's a good one. I like him. The reason isn't because like, oh, I just love Silverchair, which I do. Um, yeah. And I still do even to this day. Um, the reason is because he was not is about the same age as me. Um, Mm -hmm. roughly, um, maybe a slightly older, but he was a young, young person writing music and playing, um, at a time when I wanted, that's what I wanted to be doing. And his music taste and like the way he wrote was very similar to mine as he got older. Um, and so he started very raw and basic and, uh, you know, progressed into like crazy, like symphonic wanting to like write scores and things like that. Um, uh-huh. which is very similar to the way I wanted to, to the trajectory of my, you know, musical career or whatever. And, um, he's a big influence on me for a couple of reasons. One early on, we were a three piece, uh, you, me and, uh, and Kurt and, uh-huh. um, he, the way he played, he the silver chair was a three piece and the way he played, um, he learned how to like fill the gaps, um, you yeah. know, as a, as a singer and guitar player. And, uh, and I took a lot from that. Um, so mm. from a, from a musical perspective is highly influential. Um, and then, uh, he was the, oddly enough, I don't know why, but freak show, um, was probably the first album that I started to care about lyrics. Um, oh, I could yeah. have cared less about lyrics as a younger, you know, person. Mm. Um, and everyone who knew me knew that I, you know, lyrics are never the most important thing to me. The melody was, um, but for some reason, I don't know why freak show really like struck me. And I think yeah. maybe it was, maybe it was because of that, like uh, teenage angst, you know, um, yeah. thing going on. But, uh, but yeah, that was a big one for me. Freak was show Daniel was Jones. always my favorite up until a certain age. And then it became uh, neon ballroom. Mm-hmm. Felt a little older. Yeah. A little even though it wasn't when I was probably like 22 when he made that album. Um, <laughs> but there was some, there, I still love all those albums and yeah. even frog stomp, which I, I kind of feel like immature liking yeah. it still because it's like 16 year old kids playing music, <laughs> but I don't know, whatever. It's awesome. Yeah. They're still, great albums. Um, yeah. And I, and I hated uh, some of the newer ones that they did right when they came out. And as I've gotten older, I can now put those on while I'm like working and be like, okay, I, I get it. I get what you're yeah. doing. I like it. Um, you know, it's definitely not neon ballroom for me or freak show, but um, you know, they're, they're, I, I like the newer stuff too. Yeah. Right um, uh, my, I can do my last one and then um, you can do a couple more years if you want. Right um, my last one, uh, cause it's related to writing, um, was, uh, HP Lovecraft. I'm not sure. If oh you're yeah, man. I know exactly who that is. Yeah. Um, um but, uh, a new, whole new series. Yeah. And I think that stuff. part of that made me, um, seeing that series kind of reinvigorated or rejuvenated those memories mm-hmm. that I have. 
I was never and have never been into fiction. Um, yeah. And uh, I've always been a nonfiction reader um, and writer. And I've never really been into fiction, which is probably why I never really got into lyrics, um, you know, for, for bands. And I never really got into writing fiction or writing lyrics of my own. Um, I was always more into just like hard truths and learning. That's always been kind of my thing. Yeah. But for some reason, when I was a kid, um, H.P. Lovecraft was the only stuff I could read that I could get into. Hmm. Um, really? And uh, Call of the Cthulhu was uh, <laughs> one, of the, one of the ones for me. And it's just like this crazy, weird horror sci-fi stuff. Um, and I remember, I remember I was telling Amber this story the other day, which is why it made it on my list is I'd almost forgotten that, um, I remember, what was it? Master of Puppets or Ride the Lightning? Can't remember which one. It's on Ride the Lightning. Was it on Ride the Lightning? Yeah. Yeah. Call the Cthulhu was on Ride the Lightning. Um, and I was like, Yeah. And I was like, that is so freaking metal. That is so cool. Hell yeah. And, um, that was my favorite song on that album when it when I first got it. Oh, yeah, dude. It was so good. And I remember going, what is that? And, is uh, that Ride and the it, Lightning? It might be Master of Puppets. I can't. There was instrumentals on both of those, and I can't remember which one. I'm going to look it up while you talk. <laughs> um, it was on one of the Metallica albums, one of the early Metallica albums. And um, it was such a cool song that uh, there was no Google back then. Um, this is probably the late 80s. And... Uh, I uh, researched and found out from my, I believe my uncle Kent uh, told me that the Cthulhu was in a book by H.P. Lovecraft. Mm -hmm. And um, I was like, all right, I've got to get that book. So uh, (laughs) it was because of listening to Metallica that I looked up, called the Cthulhu, got the book, read the book, and started to love uh, fiction. Um, But only from him for some reason. Um, That's cool. You know, as I've gotten older, unfortunately, I found out he's like a horrible racist and stuff. But yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but you know, so is everybody apparently. Um, yeah, yeah, that's just that's just part of being old and white. I think. Yeah, yeah. but uh, he wrote some amazing stuff, and uh, now there is a HBO series, uh, Lovecraft Country, so which is kind Peele, of like uh, did it. Yeah, Jordan Peele and J.J. Abrams. Yeah, um, it's pretty cool. It's. Uh, have you watched it yet? I have not. We should watch so, that. Talk about it. We can. I just did, and they're only on episode two, so you should watch it. I will tell you, if you do not have any H.P. Lovecraft lore in your mind, um, yeah, this Idiot. is it is messed up. The show, yeah. um, I'm sure, and uh, it is very racially charged. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, uh, I wouldn't say necessarily in a bad way. Actually, I think it's actually in a great way. Um, and uh, kind of like Watchmen on uh, HBO, which was also mm-hmm. heavily racially charged, but um, it was cool to take like an old uh, story and turn it into like a modern uh, m- create modern discourse around racial and in- injustice through these stories. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, both Watchmen and Lovecraft Country um, on HBO will, are excellent. I will watch that. Um, but what I was going to say is it's, I know you watched Castle Rock, yeah. which is taking, it is not a Stephen King story, but it's taking Stephen King lore and uh-huh. creating a new story around that. And that is exactly what Lovecraft Country is doing is taking, taking HP Lovecraft lore and wrapping it around it. But it go, it, it's even more tongue in cheek than Castle Rock because they actually talk about HP Lovecraft in the really? TV show. Yeah. That's I really liked that about Castle Rock. I thought it was really cool. Me too, for sure. I listened to the the podcast about the last episode and they were talking about all the little Easter eggs 
mm-hmm. that were in there. And there's there's like really subtle ones. Like there's one episode where there's dogs barking. And yeah. one of the dogs that's barking is uh, uh, from Cujo. Yeah. <laughs> just, there was like, a... You'd have to really be into Stephen King to even catch that. There's a scene with like a car that like the lights, the headlights come on and it's like straight out of Christine or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, There's also, so. um, I guess the number 19 is super significant to Stephen King and the day that, that, uh, Henry Deaver disappeared or something. It was, it was on the 19th day of some month in 1991. Oh wow. And it's just a bunch of 19s over and over again. <laughs> um, yeah, it's funny. It's funny to listen to it. And they, they recorded it before the second season, so they're like, I already know what the second season's about, but it's funny. They're, they're like dropping hints about what they're going to do with the second season in it, too. Have you watched the second season? I haven't. And I'm not sure I can get Elizabeth on board because this season was so, like, like you're hanging until the very end almost, <laughs> and nothing, nothing good happens. It's just, <laughs> yeah. it's just bad shit after bad shit. Over and over, and it's just dark and sad. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, okay, I get it. But it's still sad. (laughs) Yeah. I wanted to like the second season, and uh, I just did not. I do like, I was, I do like Misery, and I know it's about her, right? It's like the younger years of her. Yeah, kinda. It's, it's okay. Um, It's very, it's a full-on different story, isn't it? It's not. It's the same invasion character. of the body snatchers. Oh, really? Totally. Like, oh, yeah. Wow. Um, but it's and, like uh, not the same characters or anything, right? It's like not a at all. New, like True Detective style new yep. shit. Same. Yep. Same premise, which, but new stuff. Which, which made me mad about True Detective and mm-hmm. uh, made me mad about this. I, I don't know. I think I get invested, and I'm like, oh, cool. I want 17 seasons with these characters. I don't yeah. want you to create a new story. If you're going to do that, just make a new show. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, it doesn't make um, sense that it's called Castle Rock anymore if it's not in Castle Rock, right? Yeah, and it's not. So uh-huh. it's uh, Castle Rock's like the next town over um, in this uh-huh. in this series, and like uh, they do talk about like Shawshank and stuff, and yeah. uh, but uh, and it like it 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 hints at things that happen, but it's not like. Yeah. Not a continuation. I haven't looked too much into it on purpose because I don't want to like be spoiled, but I just kind of assumed after watching the last episode last night that with like the very end after the Mm -hmm. credits, when the girl that put the ax in the dude's head from the bed and breakfast is like writing her book. Super spoilers. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah. if, If you, this isn't a, TV show podcast. So if you haven't seen the show and you don't want to know that it's about alternate realities, then you know what? She's fucking done. Don't watch it now. But um, I just kind of assumed it would continue on with her and that she would play the part of misery character. No. Like a different name or something. No. Um, No. Okay. I kind of liked her character in the show, even though she didn't show up much. She's kind of funny. Yeah, no, it uh, is definitely not. She's not in it at all. Right on. It's right. um, it's a whole new set of characters, and uh, it's the uh, I forgot what her name is. You you'd recognize her. Um, yeah. but anyway, it's um, yeah, good. If you haven't seen it yet, Lovecraft Country, check it out for sure. Yes, yes, or Castle Rock, but you've kind of already watched it. 
because you listen to what I said already. I will say Castle Rock was one of my, the first season Man, was probably one of my like favorite it. shows. Yeah. I like it a lot. Man, talking about that bed and breakfast, that shit. Man. Yeah. That whole episode where he like murders those people and he's bagging them up and his wife's like helping him. He's like, yeah. I don't know what happened. I'm not a murderer as he's holding bags full of like people. <laughs> She's like, never happened. Yeah. That's pretty messed up. It is very, very messed up. Uh, when she accidentally stabs herself in the throat. Oh, man. <laughs> and he gets all crazy. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. That is that was an intense... I mean, for, for a season that wasn't... I mean, for the most part, like that intense, like thriller. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was kind of like suspenseful and like every once in a while there'd be like a jump shock. Yeah. But there wasn't many like true detective style intense scenes that scene right. was pretty intense that was, was like, intense get in your car you got to turn it on <laughs> i will s- i will say that lovecraft if lovecraft country if that show if uh castle rock mirrors stephen king writing style um in that it's intense dark supernatural but not too mo- not too on the nose just kind of like you know it's there um, Lovecraft Country is the exact opposite and that it's extremely in your face supernatural. So yeah. um, I would not go into it thinking it's like Castle Rock because it's not. <laughs> yeah, no. I know he's a little bit more blatant with like monsters and stuff. Monsters and freaking sci-fi and like crazy. Yeah. There's like it, there's this whole like, yeah, it's crazy. I, I Yeah. You should watch it. The we Amber and I finished episode two and I was like, Oh my, that was episode two? Like, the show could literally be over at this point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, That's they cool. did so much in two episodes that you're like, I have no <laughs> idea where they're going in episode three. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. On a, on a similar, or, or a, a tangent, but related, if you're looking for um, fun Halloween music <laughs> that your kids would like to listen to, but also isn't that bad, there's a band called Lovecraft that plays creepy music. And it's all we listen to at Halloween time. Because I'm always like, they're always like, I want to listen to Halloween music when it's Halloween time. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck Halloween music is. Like, what is a (laughs) Purple People Eater? Which I think is like a racist song now anyway. um, Vincent Price. um, Yeah, like, what do you listen to? Um, But there's there's Lovecraft, and they have a bunch of songs, and they're great. Nice. Take It to the Graveyard. It's pretty damn good. Awesome. Sometimes they have guest stars like Christina Aguilera. (laughs) <laughs> she's like <laughs> she's creepy she's pretty creepy um do yeah, you have anyway. any uh any more i do um i won't save i'm gonna lump two together and i won't save them for last because they're uh they're like sappy and you're gonna be like oh man like whatever <laughs> so i'll lump these two together because i couldn't i couldn't think about being influenced and not think about like actual people in my sure. life. Right. So Elizabeth, my wife and you, and, oh, and nice. um, and, and they're for, you know, t- t- slightly similar reasons, but also different reasons. Um, I mean, I think for you, it's just like, I mean, we've already talked about some things like <laughs> we, we, you were like, 
part of why I touched Photoshop for the first time, right? And it's <laughs> sure. like what I use every day all the time now, and now I'm a master of it, you know? <laughs> um, but I think that it's a, it's almost impossible to think about about the creative stuff that I've done, right? Yeah. Without thinking about all the shit that you and I have done together, which is like yeah. everything. There's a lot. It's everything. And, and all the things that I've learned because of our... I guess different, but complementary with an E skill sets. Um, yeah. You know, I, I learned how to design within web specs because you like to make websites and I designed all the shit yeah. or, you know, music. I mean, fuck, I played drums. You played all the other shit. It was just like, <laughs> it always just kind of worked out that way. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. It just kind of made sense to me that obviously that would influence me creatively because the, we, yeah like almost my entire creative life has been doing different things with you that makes sense yeah i can't uh i would i would say the same i didn't and then, uh, I, yeah. and then I also wanted to make you feel bad because you didn't say me <laughs> and also if amber listens to this she's gonna be like why didn't you say me but um and, and then elizabeth honestly it's because of like watching her for one, like go to college and do the college thing more so than I ever did. Right? Sure. And, um, but to get out and to achieve something in the business world that she set her mind out to that has nothing to do with her college. Yeah. Was, has like constantly made me, I mean, you could say, you could say inspired me, but also just, kind of validated the fact that I can do shit too without yeah. like having gone to college, you know, sure. oh, or yeah. having totally. formal art training or whatever, whatever that may be. Like you, you watch somebody else that you care about kind of like do stuff and set their mind to something and, and achieve it. And like, I mean, essentially like take over the St. Louis fashion photography market and, you know, a yeah. matter of less than a decade and kind of like inspires you just like within yourself to, yeah. to do that kind of stuff. And also to, to keep up. If I can't keep yeah. up with my wife, then, <laughs> then I start to feel like a piece of shit. <laughs> We're going to have to put a little E next to this, next to this episode. Cause there's a lot of cuss words in it. I've been but putting yeah. E's next to the last few. So we're good. Yeah. We cuss a lot. I do anyway. And then you did when you, said that quote from Dave Grohl from Dave Grohl. You said, fuck so much. Um, so yeah. So, so those are, those are my sappy ones. No, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, obviously, um, I mean, I would, I would have to say the same thing, you know, if I were, if I were saying, you know, um, my wife, which is a huge influence on me, you know, not just ignoring the fact that she's unbelievably supportive of all the crap that I've ever wanted to do. Um, and, uh, like uh, to the point where I'm like, I say like, I'm going to do this now. And she's like, okay, you know, that sounds good. Well, how can I help? I'm like, what? Like, it's just so different than, mm -hmm. um, a lot of things I've had in the yeah. past. But so if we just ignore that and just say, and I think you were kind of saying the same thing, you know, for Liz, um, the fact that when I, when I met Amber, she was like into music, she was a musician. She had, you know, um, traveled the world. 
uh, gotten a degree in um, um, computer science and then, you know, went and crushed wine in Napa and like then lived in Hawaii and like all this stuff. And I was just like, holy crap, like you can do that? Like, that's awesome. Yeah. I want to do that. Like, mm. um, you know, you. I think. I think there was even like a moment in time where the three of us were gonna get a boat and move down to Florida. <laughs> the three of us were gonna do a lot of stuff that I think didn't. That probably was impossible. But yeah, when we were sitting at, at a boogaloo with about eighteen <laughs> beers in us, we were like, "Dude, yeah, so you get a sailboat. What do you got? Fifty bucks? I got fifty yeah. bucks. That's enough. Sailboat, hundred dollars. Let's do it." But, you know, at the same time, um, you know, she, she inspired me to just like have that mentality. It's like, yeah, it's fine. Everything will be fine and we'll, we can do whatever we want. Yeah. Um, and that's a, a, that's, I think it's a solid, solid person to have in your life. Um, so yeah, for sure. Agreed. And then obviously you and I've done just about everything creative together. Um, yeah. but even outside of the stuff that we've done creative together, um, you know, you jumped out. Um, from what we were doing together years ago and, and started your own thing. And, um, you know, the, uh, you started very small and grew it into something. And, um, you know, I definitely take influence from that and see working day in and day out, man, I, you took like what, God, I don't remember like a year or two years where you were just like drawing every day and posting it and, and, yeah. and getting your name out there and, um, slow growth. Um, you know, I can definitely appreciate that. It's that slow growth mindset. Yeah. That's, cool. That's, that's my... That's how I grow slowly. <laughs> what was your uh, What was your last one or your your next one? You know, I have a. I, I'll save these for last because they're just like super pertinent to what I do now as a job. Um, but there's these these two illustrators that I come back to every time I draw something, pretty much, and one of them. Uh, and if you like illustration, look these people up by their books. Um, one of them is Christian Robinson, who is probably my favorite illustrator, like ever hands hmm. down. Wow. Um, and he's younger than me and he's, you know, making books. He's, he's, a, well, I guess you'd consider a peer of, you know, and timeline of life. Like we're both making books now. It's not like he's some old master from sure. that's been long dead, you know? Um, but he's just phenomenal, and he his his work has influenced me in in so many ways. From like, I mean, we're getting technical now, but just like his use of color and shapes and diversity of of characters and composition, and like the charm that that is instilled in scenes without trying, which yeah. is is uh, something that I I like to achieve also like not like to i'm gonna make this charming like it just kind of like feels like it comes out of him this charm which right it's great um and you know he works in a completely different manner that i do he works in like cut paper and acrylic paint and stuff oh wow um and he started with i think he was working with pixar maybe um and and so i think there's a think this I, I probably won't be telling this right but he was maybe like an intern i don't even know i think he was an intern um and he was working on stuff for that movie up oh and, wow that's and an awesome he movie. had done some concept work um and it was pinned to a board on a wall in a meeting room for something and they were having a meeting about the the kids book version of 
of up because they do like these little, the little golden books or whatever they do like there's always kids book versions of those movies and um and whoever was in charge of it looked at those and was like well whoever did that just get them to do it and um and i think i'm not even sure if he actually did it but i think that's what like spurred him into into children's book work which is uh, i think a pretty like neat story that is cool. Yeah, you know, for like sure. It's, uh, like that doesn't happen too often. Um, to to have somebody that you know to be that good, that young, yeah. to have people notice it that are that experienced in the industry. Um, so yeah, so he's one of my favorites, or he is my favorite. And then there's another guy uh, who I come back to all the time, and his name's Benji Davies, and he, um, you know, he's just like just good. I don't know if you have any of his books for the kids, but they're like, there's a bunch <laughs> of them and they're all just like so good. And he writes, he writes um, some and then he illustrates some for others. And what I like about, about him outside of his, t- his technique is, is more digital, which is more akin to mine. Um, but he, uh, like like I was saying about the charm that comes like effortlessly, he has this like nostalgic feel to his illustrations that come that seems to come effortlessly, and it's not. It, it, what I mean by effort, effortlessly is it's not like in your face, like you know, there's not like arcade games with '90s references in them, uh, you know, in his illustrations. There's there's um just this feeling of like being a boy again like being a little kid and um kind of like the movie stand by me does yeah you know what i mean um it's just there and i just really really like and appreciate that and i i feel like i still can't achieve that in in a way that i'd like to and and so i just kind of like look up to him as a, even though he's probably younger than me also. (laughs) Um, and, um, but I just like, he's just one of those people where you're like, you know, no matter what your, your artistic medium is that you're talking about, you're just like, shit, man, that is good. And, and he's, he's that (laughs) one for me. Um, but yeah, those two who are, are, obviously much less well known than the other ones that we've talked about. Sure. I just looked yeah. them up though, and they're pretty awesome. Yeah, so so there's that. That's my list. Other than my honorable nice. mentions, I've got honorable mentions like Bill Watterson from Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> oh, nice. Matt, Matt Groening from The Simpsons. Oh, cool. And, and the Life in Hell books, which I actually stand out to me a little more than The Simpsons in my life. Um, and then, dude, I, I don't. I, I assumed we would talk about this band, but Jimmy Eat World. Oh wow! You know, there's a I can like remember sitting in your like on a beanbag chair in your room, and we we're just like listening to music and smoking cigarettes, and um, <laughs> and you were like, um, somebody showed me this song the other day. You should listen to it. It's that band Jimmy World, and we both like knew who they were, but we never really listened to it. And it was um, uh, Bleed American. Oh yeah! And I just remember that moment and just being like, holy shit, that's just like the best song I've ever heard in my life. And, <laughs> and I just feel like that band 
like for the next 10 years probably kept like coming back every time we wrote a song yeah every time we every time we were trying to think of like what something should sound like we're like oh just you know like the jimmy world song yeah (laughs) just do that um and just i mean that guy basically taught me how to play drums just like listening to those songs and trying to mimic everything that dude did i don't even know his name but the drummer it's, from jimmy world it's hard it's hard for me not to have one of these conversations and just fill it with musicians um, yeah i know and bands because there's so much of my life even still mm-hmm. um i think a quarter of now probably half my life was completely devoted to music you know from the moment i was like probably 10 until i was what 27 yeah um I was just, that's all I cared about yeah, um, was totally. music and playing music and listening to music and, and all that kind of stuff. And then, um, so it's really been from 10 until 27 and now it's been what, another 10 years. So it's really hasn't been, you know, that much, you know, it's music yeah. was more a part of my life than not. Yeah. Um, yeah, so absolutely. yeah, it's hard not to fill it up. You know, I've been listening to the chili peppers a lot lately. I've been listening to REM a lot lately. Um, so like, I want to put them on the list, but like they, you know, they, they were huge, huge influences, but you know, probably not the biggest. Yeah. And then how can you, uh, music's like that. I mean, artists are kind of like that for me too. Like there's those, the the few that stand out for sure. Mm -hmm. And then there's this massive pile of stuff I love and it's all kind of equal, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's all. (laughs) <laughs> it's all from like 2007 and earlier <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because, because I'm old and everything sucks now. I will um, say that I will say from a modern perspective and maybe I should put them as an honorable mention because um, there is not a lot that I listen to nowadays that uh, is post 2000, you know, 2005, 2010. Yeah. Um, there's not, there's really not a lot. And the stuff I do listen to, it's not in that genre at all. It's like classical or like, you know, ambient, um, Uh you know, so, but in that somewhat in that vein that I do listen to now is, uh, an artist, uh, his name is Michael Kiwanaka. Um, and, uh, yeah. And, uh, I think he's from the UK. I think he's from London or something. Um, and he is uh, a soul, like a soul rock kind of guy. And he's a huge influence on me recently in the last year because um, his music A is really great. You should listen to it for sure. Mm-hmm. But the way he approaches recording and the way he approaches making records, hmm. um, he's very analog. He uses all very vintage gear. And, um, and it's all very not heavily produced sounding it's oh. very very like raw and uh, it sounds like it could have come out of the 70s early 70s really? soul yeah um That's and it cool. is super super good how do you um, spell that <laughs> i'll put it in the show notes but i'll yeah. uh, i'll i'll text it to you also um i was gonna look it up uh, i kind of forgot that we were recording a podcast just now I'm like oh how do you i'm gonna <laughs> listen to it right now I think I think that's how you spell it. Um, Michael Kiwanuka is if like I think, but I think it's Michael Kiwanuka is how you say it. Mm. Um, you know, very cool Questlove, you know, Afro yeah. style kind of kind of dude. Um, but he plays. You should watch some of his videos. There's a video for um, uh, which song is it? 
Um, Love and Hate is the name of the album. I'm terrible with song names. Um, but uh, that's your fixed name of mindset, the... dude. You you could be better with song names if you just learned them. <laughs> Cold Little Heart. Um, watch that video on uh, on YouTube and uh, try not to be like, "Holy crap, that's awesome!" Because it's really good. <laughs> I will do it. I I googled it just now. And I think you're. I think you. Uh, uh, I'm actually surprised I haven't pinged you. I'm like, dude, listen to this. But uh, I think you would love the first, uh, all three of his albums. Oh but, man, um, I love, if he sounds anything like, like old soul R&B musicians like oh my, Redding or Sam Cooke or something like that, I, I mean, those are some of my favorites. Oh dude, so, yeah, you would love it then. It's really good. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I love that kind of stuff. So I would say from a modern perspective, he's probably the only one in the last like 10 years that have been like, oh man, that really actually influences me. Um, yeah. It's really that, it's that good in my opinion. So I'm influ- I mean, yeah, I don't listen to my my like exception to new music is really sad dudes with guitars who like just <laughs> like I'll find new ones of those all the time. Be like, oh man, I love him, and I just keep like finding that kind of stuff because there's no shortage of like yep. sad guys that like to take pictures of mountains for their album cover and name their bands after their name. <laughs> like, there's just there's just so many, and they just keep me. If being depressed is being uh, influenced, then they're all big influences of mine. I feel real sad all the time when I listen to that stuff, and I like it. Oh man, it keeps me it's humble. Good stuff. <laughs> well, that was good. It's a good show. Yeah. Uh, good lists for sure. I feel like uh, there's some good. There's a there's decent amount of crossover, but then also some good. Uh, some that are just mine and just yours, and that's uh, yeah. it's cool. Diving in. That was mine. <laughs> I didn't have to help with any of that or say anything, so I just thought I'd say diving in. I'm going to take that and put it on both. I'm going to put it on the Good. first one and the second one. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>